I kind of feel like this feeds off of when people ask you, you know, like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm an actor. And they're like, nah, like, what do you really do? Hey, everyone, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this is the Nerds Inc. Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Christy Shu is back on the pod. Welcome, Christy. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. So this is your second time on the pod. I know last time we were discussing the Oscar winners. So, so happy to have yes. you back to talk a little bit about the differences and similarities between stage acting and film acting. Excellent. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm excited. It's a topic that is uh, something that can get heated depending on who you're talking to. Yes, exactly. And across generations, as we've seen when we were in grad school. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, that has me more excited to really understand the differences because both of you have been to film school. Both of you were in acting. So getting your opinions on this is is one that I'm actually more interested to see uh, going forward for sure. So y'all ready for me to bombard you with questions because i'm curious as always bring them on all right so what did you think of when you first started um going to school for acting and then learning about stage acting and what did you learn or what did you think of when you first started learning about film acting Christy, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so school, when you say acting school, um, you know, I did a lot of classes like during middle school and high school, but not provided by the school, but like outside extracurricular, um, driving into town 45 minutes, one way to do, you know, a commercial camp or a commercial class or scene study class. Um, so my first introduction happened to be in film. And then in middle school, started doing stage through the actual school. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of how I got started with that. And for me, uh, I actually was always like a really big movie buff. So I really wanted to break into film. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a buddy of mine that was like, you should really audition uh, you know, for the, the school musical. And I'm like, first of all, I can't sing. Second of all, <laughs> what are you talking about? Me on stage? Are you crazy? And he's like, no, no. He's like, come on. Like We, we do skits all the time. We kind of joke around. We have all of these kind of inside jokes. I think you would transition really well to the stage. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I like movies. He's like, just give it a try. So I remember I auditioned. Um, I don't even remember like what I sang, but I did like chorus in elementary school. So I guess I could carry a tune. Uh, did the audition. It was uh, for the Broadway show, uh, obviously adapted for high school, uh, Once Upon a Mattress. So that was the first show I ever did. <laughs> uh, did it in high school. Um, and I kind of caught the acting bug there. Uh, I So I have everything to thank to this friend because he got me into it. And I jumped right into some uh, children's theater classes, some kind of improv classes that my high school had and so i took about three or four semesters worth almost two full years um and yeah and i really enjoyed it and so i knew when i finished high school that it was something that i really wanted to dabble in whether that was film or stage um so then when i when i looked at colleges and universities i made sure that like they had you know those offerings available nice i'm so jealous that your uh, high school had improv classes 
because we had nothing. We had theater one, two, and three. Oh, wow. And I was just like, I can't, I can't take that. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like, uh, I, you can only learn, in my opinion, like the parts of a stage so many times, you know? Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I, I can't take that. But, you know, uh, so I'm jealous that you got to do it right there. And I think nowadays it's even easier because there's a lot more accessibility uh, for schools to bring people in who can teach these types of, you know, improv classes or stand-up comic classes or those types of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way yeah. more offerings for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, youngest sister just graduated high school. And in her high school, they, um, for theater, would routinely just practice improv like every other uh, week or every other month they would do different improv um, practices, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So now that we got both of you guys resume, I want to know (laughs) when you hear stage acting, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Ooh. Our name desire. <laughs> Our name desire. Accurate. accurate. Yeah. A little, little bit of Tennessee Williams, a little bit of Bill Shakespeare, William Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah Shakespeare was there. Um, yeah. Just very classy, very raw, sort of. Yeah. I know when, when I think of stage acting, I think of primarily proscenium though my my f- personal favorite stage acting is in kind of like the tennis ball court or like in a black box theater where you can literally set up a theater on any kind of dimension you want uh and i i really love kind of like that arena theater where you have the audience all around you yeah. um but tennis ball style court and arena theater are my two favorite but i also think of primarily if you're going to say theater i'm thinking broadway stage proscenium audiences out here actors are back here you have a fourth wall which your fourth wall is like that there is no audience. You're just in this room and you're acting. Mm-hmm. And so it is uh, very different because it does feel very presentational. But I think as actors, it is our job to make sure that we are always grounded in reality and grounded in our truth. Mm-hmm. Christy, what do you think? One. Yeah, no, I think that that's accurate. I think, you know, I kind of feel like this feeds off of when people ask you, you know, like, what do you do? And you're like, Oh, I'm an actor. And they're like, nah, like, what do you really do? <laughs> you know, because it, it just feels that way because there's so many levels to being an actor mm-hmm. that it's like they're not going to understand, nor do they probably want to understand. So it takes somebody who's interested to actually try to learn the different levels of acting. So when you think acting, it doesn't just become, oh, well, I think, you know, Meryl Streep or something like that, you know, you can think, oh, well, I actually think like improv, like Robin Williams improv, like that's a lot deeper in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Right. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. So what comes to mind for you when it, when someone says film acting then? A movie. I mean, for me, it's, it's a movie film acting, anything on film. Um, I even think like TV because it's shot on film. So anything Mm -hmm. on film, um, Yeah, film. That's that's to me. Yeah, yeah anything on film used to. No, same. Um, I definitely immediately think of like a good close up and reaction shots. 
So you're not going to get a reaction shot as a stage actor. You're always reacting. You're always in the same space. Everything is happening uh, simultaneously versus in film when someone's talking, if there's an emotional scene, if someone's crying. I think of like all like the Oscar winner clips, like and now the nominate now the nominees and it's always like someone's reaction shot and it's always like deeply emotional. I know something that Christy and I both learned while we were in grad school for our um, acting for the camera class was how important the use of our eyes are so in theater if someone is sitting kind of like all the way in the back or if it's a very kind of deep uh proscenium stage or if there is just a a large audience they might not always be able to see like all the intricacies of your eyes and kind of the emotion behind it but in film your eyes aren't going to lie and so your eyes tell the story and so it actually doesn't even become about your physicality per se it becomes about literally just your face just your eye movement so i immediately think of reaction shot and probably a really good example of Skylar, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're thinking of, um, just to give people a visual, is uh, Timothy Chalamet's shot at the very end of Call Me By Your Name. That's mm-hmm. shot they yep. showed at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. That's All a perfect eyes. example. I mean, honestly, what also comes to mind for me is Matthew McConaughey in, in Interstellar. Mm-hmm. that scene where he's oh, watching yeah. the footage of his kids. Like he's getting all like the, the yeah. replay of all the videos of all the years that have passed for his children. And he's watching his kids grow up and then he's watching them slowly say, dad, you're never coming home. I've accepted that. And just his reaction where he goes from laughing and it's become a gift, which is very sad, mm-hmm. but he goes from laughing to like crying. And he's literally, he's not even saying a word. He's just reacting in the entire shot. And I think that is probably one of the most powerful examples I can think of. Wow. Yeah. I agree with that. And that actually brings me to my next question. What are the biggest differences between film acting and stage acting? And we'll start with you, Christy. (laughs) Well, I don't want to be controversial or anything, but I... Be controversial. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the place for it. Yes. I feel, and and there is, I believe there is a craft to both film acting and to stage. I think in stage, it's more, the craft is more in the character. Mm. And in the craft is more of the plot in film. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's where the big difference is, is like where the craft is, because I personally don't believe that influencers have the craft to become actors, but that's my opinion. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> I, I will die on that hill. <laughs> yeah. Or it's kind of like when um, musicians, they're like, oh, Rihanna's going to star in this upcoming movie. And I'm like, you guys, we love Rihanna for her music as an actress. I don't know about that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same concept. So yeah, it's sometimes it works. I mean, you know, I'm really enjoying Lady Gaga. I mean, I really do like her. That's I'm excited yeah. to see her Harley Quinn. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, Lady Gaga is a great example of like someone who can do it all, but mm-hmm. not everybody yeah. can. Certainly. No. And that's funny um, because I think it's easier to see a musician kind of transition from doing music to being a film actor, but it, I, I think it would be almost impossible to see a musician go to stage acting. That happens. I mean, really, it, it depends on how good of a live performer they are. Yeah. Because That's I a imagine like a, a live gigantic concert performance has got to be very similar to stage acting. So that would be like 
Billy Joel Armstrong when he would sing and tour with Green yeah. Day, and then he went and did American Idiot. Yeah, yeah. I would Honestly. be curious to know, like, what? Yeah, because yeah. I never saw him in that show, so I can't say. Right. Um, but when I think of kind of the differences between stage and film acting, um, once again, I think it comes more to the subtlety of it. So with film, every little subtlety, I mentioned the eyes, every little intricacy of your face is going to tell and relay the emotion, the intent of your character. What do they really want? What are their motives? It's less about what they say and more about their reaction. Whereas I think stage, um, depending, once again, this all varies depending on how intimate the space is, but I think that has more to do with the text that has more to do with the plot. Um, and I, I think you can get great character pieces in film and in theater, but I think, I think of great stories when I think of theater and I think of great actors when I think of film, because I think that there's a lot more character driven films these days, at least within like the last 30 or 40 years, um, designed for particular actors in mind. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is, I think that's an excellent point because you'll hear about, oh, well, this movie was designed for this actor, you know, years ago, you know, this was the only person we wanted to play this part. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) since when? He was a baby. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's it's funny because I'm more so on the writing side of it. And they tell us that um, when it comes to trying to, you know, break into screenwriting, whether it be for film or for TV, they say one of the best ways to get your script picked up by a studio or picked up by um, a director or something is if you can get uh, a top A actor attached to it. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people will oftentimes they will craft their script and they'll be like, OK, I can see this actor doing this perfectly for this character. And then they'll try to pitch it to their manager or whatever. So, Scott, that was a really good point that you brought out. You know, you do see a lot more films, a lot more, especially TV. Um, which you and I, we talked about this on a previous episode of the pod where it's really much more about the actors and really much more about the characters that are being driven at that point. So good, good point. I like that. Cause I mean, we talk about reboots, right? Like everyone like hates a reboot, like don't ever reboot the Goonies. How dare you? Like there's all of these like classic movies that get rebooted and people are like, Oh, I'm tired of seeing that. If you were tired of that in theater, like you would never go see a show <laughs> because yeah. like, I can't even think of like Christy, like maybe like, correct me, like how many thousands of adaptions of Shakespeare have there? <laughs> like, oh, just like, yeah. th- like there's only like 37 to 39 different Shakespeare plays that yeah. have been done and done to death. They've put King Lear on the moon. They've put like, just like you can do Shakespeare in every different kind of context. And they've done that for all of these great classical stories. So when someone wants to go to the theater to see an Arthur Miller play or an August Wilson play, they're going to see Joe Turner's Come and Gone. They're going to see A Streetcar Named Desire. And I've noticed that the closer you get to the stardom of Broadway, right, the more that you see the stars attached to it. So the reason why Broadway is mostly musicals is because that's what's going to generate revenue without necessarily having star power. Now, if you want to do a straight play on Broadway, which is just a regular play without music, you're going to put a star in the role because that's Mm -hmm. what's going to attract the attention. So I think the higher the ticket prices get, the more you want to attach a star to it, which is why movies are always such a great vehicle for big stars. Especially like the Avenger movies nowadays, the superhero movies, because it's like a team. And I think some stars are starting to realize, well, if I can start here as a team, then I can 
then branch out on my own after I've done one or two movies. I mean, yeah. we see Elizabeth Olsen kind of doing that right now yep. too. Yeah. I mean, Chris Evans and Michael Sarah doing off Broadway, you know, like, yeah. I mean, even off Broadway is considered like, you better be a big name actor. Otherwise you're not mm-hmm. going to get it. So yeah. um, it's just, it's really crazy. But I think if you're talking about like regional theaters across the entire country, you are, you are going to find more people that want to see an adaption of a story that they might've already seen, or maybe they read it in high school and they're like, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. If you go to a movie, you're like, no, I want to see Florence Pugh in this role. Let me see it. Yeah. That's true. So now that we've talked about the differences between film and stage acting, what are the biggest similarities that you two see? And we'll start with you, Christy. Oh, I think the, some, one of the main similarities is making sure that you're grounded in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't it, you can't fake the character. You need to mm-hmm. know the character inside and out, and you need to really feel mm-hmm. like though you can walk in that character's shoes. That is my opinion. I feel like you need to do the work on both sides. It doesn't matter if you're doing a Shakespeare play or if you are auditioning for The Young and the Restless. You have got to put in the work, find the character, find those shoes, walk in those shoes, and really be in the be grounded in that. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. I think it all starts from kind of the inside out. Now, there are... A, ton of different acting techniques, acting methods um, that people subscribe to, that they practice. Some people kind of take a little bit of everything. They blend it. They make it their own. Whichever acting technique or acting method that you use, which I know in Hollywood, the method is the big thing that people always talk about because it it generates clicks and it, it gets people awards. But I think all of that aside, the biggest similarities have to come to the character itself. No matter what kind of genre, um, no matter if it's an absurdist play, if it's surrealist, if it's realism, even if your character is completely zany and is not grounded in realism at all, like you still have to find the backstory of the character. You have to find their motivation. You have to find, you know, honestly, the, the biggest points for me just kind of going on stage is like, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Yeah. Having some type of urgency, knowing what your character's day looks like. Yeah, um, what's the objective? Exactly, mm-hmm. what's the objective? So, like that's that's just acting one hundred and one. But it's so true that if you don't have that at the end of the day, then whether you're doing film or theater, it's not going to work, and it's not going to be believable. You're going to be able to see right through an actor if they're just reading their lines. Yeah. Um, so, I think that that I think the work that you put in, whether you're a stage actor or a film actor or both, really needs to be the same, and that's just doing your homework. That's a good, that's good. It's really hard to do that. You know, it's, it's really hard to put in the work, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that the people that do it and do it well, you see those people succeed for the most part, if they can find their break or get their break. Exactly. Like I had heard once that Denzel Washington, he loves to do backstories on all of his characters. So Denzel Washington, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we'll write up to a hundred pages yes. of a backstory for each character that he does. Mm-hmm. And that's before the movie even starts, right? Like this is an entire backstory that he has crafted based on clues from the script. And, and now, and here's an important caveat for that. Like as an actor, when you're doing your homework and if you do want to create a backstory or create kind of like the early life of the character, um, you can't just go off of nothing. You want it to be informed from clues in the script. So that's the most important right. thing. I know he does that very well, which is why when you see Denzel on, on screen and I'm sure the same on stage because he's also a stage actor mm-hmm. like he's absolutely brilliant because he does the work in detail yeah yeah and again speaking from a screenwriter that really also requires the people crafting 
the story to really do their homework and make sure they're putting in the right amount of uh, context for the actors to be able to pull from. And then, you know, everything else from there can can really flow. Um, I'm learning a lot about actors that I didn't know before. So thank you, yeah. guys. No, it's it's lovely to have extra backstory and extra context clues to go off of. So if you want to write those hundred pages first and then pass them <laughs> on, <you're right. laughs> no, I know as actors, you love nothing more than like really good exposition in a script because you're like, yes, I can use this. But if sometimes you get a, a character and there's no, there, you have no backstory and you kind of you have to make it work. You have to find your way into the character. Mid-thirties Southern woman, right? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, a lot, I think you're seeing a lot more in theater and film, a lot of characters that are, they're described um, from their race to their culture yeah. to their religion. They're very descriptive with character uh, breakdowns now, but a lot of scripts are purposefully not descriptive. And so it'll just say 30s male. 20s female and there will be no description and so once again as an actor that just means you got to do a little bit more work but it's worth it yeah and one last thing and i'm gonna go to my next question on that specifically part of that is actually being taught now um, to write scripts and be as not as descriptive as possible because what they're saying is they want the casting directors and the directors to all be um able to craft their vision around it or whatever, um, which I can understand that aspect of it. And it allows a lot more flexibility um, in a lot of scripts and things of that nature. So next question I have, um, which type of acting do you think is most difficult? And actually I want to start with Skylar this time. Um, so this is a good question. I personally think, if we're looking at kind of the, the scope of whether you're a film actor or a stage actor or both, I think the endurance that it takes to be a stage actor is higher than it is to be a film actor. And I say that because if you have only ever done film, you're used to kind of filming maybe the same scene over and over and you might only film three or four pages of script that day and it might take you 10 to 12 hours. But you're saying kind of like those shortened lines um, or, or, you know, bits of monologue. And so I think you have to put a lot more focus into those three or four pages that you're filming. And so it's not to say that it's not difficult, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a stage actor, if you're doing a two hour, two and a half, three hour show every single night, sometimes you do two shows in a day, an afternoon, matinee, and you do an evening show. It is a what Christy will recognize our former grad professor would say a Herculean event. Um, it's <laughs> de- de- <laughs> depending on the show, it can be absolutely draining and exhausting. And that's why as actors, you really have to think of yourself as an athlete in the sense that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that the the emotion that you have to put into a role every night to do it for two and a half, three hours, once again, not just the lines, because people are always like, how how'd you memorize all those lines? That's the first thing people say. But it's the character itself. It is their motivations. It is the entire arc of the story. It's like performing an entire movie every single night. And I think that takes such courage, um, such resolve. You have to prepare yourself in a way that's like an athlete. You got to make sure you get sleep. You have to make sure that you're exercising in a way that benefits you. You have to make sure you're warming up. Like it is, it is very much like being an athlete. And that's why I personally appreciate stage acting. I think it is, 
if you can be a stage actor, in my opinion, you can do any form of acting, but it all comes down to, can you, can you do this show every night for six months, a year, multiple years? Some people do it. So it's, it's, it requires a lot of you. I actually agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> you say that like you're surprised. Well, no, I didn't know if people were like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I, I actually, I, I truly agree. I think that stage acting requires a different type of endurance, exactly like Skylar said. Um, and, you know, with your film characters, a lot of the times you can let them go. And I think because a lot of times you can let them go at the end of, you know, whether it's, like the movie 13 where it was filmed in three days or where they filmed all the Lord of Rings in like three years, you know, um, <laughs> it's like, you know, so I think it just depends on um, what you're working on and what the character is, is like. Um, I think that there is more history and more technique in the film, uh, in the stage because I think film is still relatively new. You know, we've had stage for years, hundreds mm -hmm. of years, hundreds and hundreds of years. And so uh, to have film now in the last hundred years has been like a new development. And I think we're trying to figure out, okay, well, are there techniques to this? Are there, can we apply this technique from stage to film and vice versa? Does that even work? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So I think it's important to to be open to trying to build that, continue to build that bridge between stage and film acting, because there is oftentimes a gap between that, a uh, like an elitist sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. So it's, it's important to get past that. But I think we have a lot to learn from each other if each other is open to that. And And to that point, Christy, I think... There's also something about film that does seem very isolating mm -hmm. because if you're working on kind of like a major motion picture or even, you know, a TV show, you film, you know, for those 10, 12, 14 hours, sometimes those few pages, and then you go back to your trailer or you go back to your holding area or you do this or you do that. And you're kind of separated away from the rest of the cast. And a lot of the times with movies, you might not ever be on the same set as someone else who's in the movie, maybe another major actor. You might yep. not ever meet them until you start doing pre the press tour and you start mm -hmm. going on to the premieres and you're like, oh yeah, we did this movie together. How oh, crazy yeah. is that? That was two years ago, by the way, exactly. Because <laughs> sometimes it takes multiple years. So there is something so isolating about film that I think can be challenging. Whereas if you're a stage actor, like you're around this ensemble of other actors, your entire cast every single night, multiple times a day, months and months on end, years sometimes. So I think that there's also a way of maybe some, some deeper character work that is able to develop off of that because you're in the same space. And I don't know, I think that that certainly makes um, film acting more challenging, especially if you're doing like voiceover work for like a Pixar film for a video game. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine because sometimes you're not even in the same recording studio at all. You'll have made this movie together and you'll have never met the person and you got to make it work. So <laughs> it has different challenges for sure. Yeah. I think too, um, I was going to thinking about something that you were saying. Um, if it will come back to me because now I've lost it. <laughs> happens to the best of us. I know. It's okay. We'll just keep going. <laughs> so I want to know, because you two mentioned kind of crossing the stage and film actor uh, threshold. Um, and Skylar, I want you to kick 
this one off as well. Can being a stage actor make you make you a better film actor? And how does that happen? I absolutely think that it does. Um, I think when I first started acting myself, I always, when people asked me to name who my favorite actors were, I was always naming film actors. And I'll never forget when I was an undergrad uh, at Clemson, I had a professor say, okay, who are your favorite actors? And I started listing them. They were all film. And he's like, oh, you're only listing film actors. What about stage actors? And I remember thinking that was like a really an elitist comment because it's like, oh, just because I'm in theater doesn't mean I can't love film actors. This is ridiculous. But, you know, kind of thinking about it now, like I kind of see what he might have meant and that that what I've experienced in the last like 10 years of my life is really uncovering some brilliant directors and actors alike who have been able to kind of cross cross the uh, the threshold, if you will, of being able to do theater and film, which for the longest time, there was like a hard line where mm-hmm. you wouldn't really be able to do both. And now we're thankfully seeing what, what actors can do where you can do both very seamlessly. Um, whereas I think that, uh, you know, once again, kind of talking about the endurance of, of being a stage actor, I think that because of the patience that is required to be a film actor, um, you, you kind of need a little bit of that endurance. It's just different. It's a lot of hurry up and waiting for film. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you kind of have that resolve and that resilience to be able to kind of build a character every night on stage, I think that does transition very well. And in fact, I think just examples, you see far more stage actors like Tom Hiddleston, like Benedict Cumberbatch, like David Tennant, like all these great, of course, I'm mentioning primarily British people. Um, but all these great stage actors that have been able to transition so well into film. Um, I think that that's say, that says something, whereas you don't see many actors that they've started out in film and then they've done theater. And I mean, you might see it. Like if I'm not mistaken, there have been members of the cast of friends that might have done some theater here and there um, after they were already famous, um, which does happen. But like, we've never seen like Leonardo DiCaprio do stage. No, no. And he is one of my top five favorite actors of all time. You know, like both of you know this. And I would be interested to see, like, could he do it? You know, um, I don't know if it's possible. So for someone that has made and built their career on being a brilliant film actor, can they transition to stage? I don't, I think it's a lot harder. It requires a different kind of component mentally uh, that, you know, once again, going back to that endurance. So I think, yes, if you can train as a stage actor, if you can do years and years of theater, then that has built you for success in film. I would agree. I would say that any technique that you learn is something that you can put. And I say this all the time is something you can put in a toolbox and then you can pick out what's part of those techniques you want to apply. Mm. Um, So I think that, any kind of acting, whether it's if you go in and do a scene study class, you know, you can apply some of those techniques to not only film, but also to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was curious about, I remembered what I was going to say. Um, I, yeah, I wonder, too, and it's got to make a difference that in film, your audience is your crew for eight mm-hmm. months and your audience on stage changes every night that's got to do something to the psyche, you know, like it's got to be completely different. 
It does yeah. for sure. I I know Christy and I, you and I have done shows together in grad school. And how many times have you come off stage going like, ah, audience isn't with it tonight. I'm not liking it. They're, they didn't laugh at that part that the audience mm-hmm. did last night or, or, oh, they, they, they kind of were more shocked tonight because you can hear an audible gasp. And that's what makes, makes, you know, theater so special is that you're sharing a space with your audience. So every night you're going to get different reactions and you're going to have maybe a more rowdy crowd that might laugh more. And then one day you might not hear a peep. So it is, it takes a different sort of resolve where like, it's not like film where film, like you literally just have like a guy with like a boom stand there like, (laughs) all right. And that's lunch. Cool. Like you're getting like no reaction from anybody because they're just doing their job. They're not there to like, Oh yes, you're, you were so wonderful, which can certainly hurt an actor's ego. Cause you're like, Oh, nobody was reacting to me. How dare they? Um, Whereas in theater, you're getting the reaction you want every night or hopefully. Absolutely. So, Scott, you brought up something interesting about British actors coming to film and TV. And I want to get your opinion on this first, Christy, because I think you would have an interesting point of view on this. Um, Why do you think that British actors get more opportunities in film compared to American stage actors? I think it's because... They are closer to the center of the birth of theater. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it because, you know, if we talked about when you think of stage, what do you think of? Oh, we, we often think of Shakespeare. Where's Shakespeare from? Well, he's from England. Okay. And so I think that people are like, oh, okay, well, I, I studied Shakespeare. I'm going to open my own studio in my class. And then, and now I can send these people to this dramatic academy or that Royal Academy. And so I think that, um, what they're doing. So I think that's why and how they're producing, uh, so many. And do I personally want the competition? No, of course not. (laughs) But. I have always been a strong believer in may the best person get the role. So I, the, you know, I had balanced myself out. I like that answer. Skylar, what do you think? Um, honestly, I think it comes down to their craft and their technique, I think is very different than what American schools teach their students. And this is something that, I mean, Christy, Christy knows that we, we have these discussions many times in grad school, because I think that American universities kind of across the board have, have, and are having these discussions of why are British actors like they're coming, they come to the United States and they get work like that, or at least it seems like it, they might struggle for years. Obviously we don't know. Um, but I think it, it comes down to they focus more on text and they focus more on dialect work than like any American school does. Like they spend years, years studying text, studying kind of the inflection point. They do a lot of different dialect work specifically with American plays where they study American plays in great detail. And I remember I hearing uh, Tom Holland talk about this in an interview where he, he talks about like, um, you know, why is it so easy? It seems like for British actors to do the American dialect so seamlessly where it can be more challenging for an American actor to do a British uh, RP dialect. And he said, it's because that naturally the way that if you think of like a traditional Cockney or British dialect that they're, it, it sits more kind of in the front of their mouth 
where they actually, because of just their natural inflection point, that they're they're already working harder technically the way that they're speaking than Americans do. And he said simply when he's trying to do an American dialect, all he has to do is relax his mouth. He has to relax his tongue. He relaxes his mouth and he's able to seamlessly fall into it. So I actually found that interesting because he said that if you're an American trying to do a British dialect, you're actually having to work harder because you're having to really, you know, use your lips, use your tongue, use, raise your soft palate. There's so many components of our mouths that we never think of that they are able to seamlessly do because they study it to such a degree at an earlier age. That's not to say like as an American actor, we don't study these things because yeah, if you go to grad school, like, Christine, I did. You go to a, a great, um, you know, MFA program, then you can learn these things in a conservatory setting, and I'm sure you can learn them in a BFA, a Bachelor of Fine Arts conservatory, to a degree. But they start in like high school, middle school, elementary school. They start right away. So I think because there's so much more of a focus on their language and how they're speaking, that they can pick up any text with relative ease. And I think that makes them great voice actors. It makes them great film actors because of the subtlety of their work, whereas American actors were focused on kind of the bigger picture. We're focused more on the physicality of our characters. We're not always focused on text to the degree that they are. So they're treated so much more serious. And I think because we have all these examples of like Benedict Cumberbatch and David Tennant, I think there also is, and I'm not afraid to say this, there also is kind of an elitist ideology Mm. where people think that, oh, they're a British actor coming to the US. They know more than an American actor. And so they're immediately going to be put to the top of the list. And because now that's ingrained in Hollywood, I think we're we're kind of seeing this moment where because I know Samuel L. Jackson even said this about um, oh, his name is escaping me the actor from Get Out that won the Oscar Daniel Kaluuya Daniel Kaluuya Daniel Kaluuya where yeah. he had said after Get Out it was very controversial Samuel L. Jackson said why did you cast him as an African American he's not an African American. Yeah, and Daniel Daniel Kaluuya was like, "Hold on, I'm a black man. I deal with I deal with racism and struggles even over here in the UK. Like it still exists." But he brought up a very valid point. Like, you know, when we talk about casting and culture, that that can be a whole other discussion, certainly. But it also brings up that American actors are noticing this too. That even big name actors are like, "Yo, like they're bringing in a British actor for this role. Like this is a guy from Brooklyn, or this is a guy mm-hmm. from Chicago. This is a guy from you know Southside LA. Like, but they're able to do it." And it's because of the mindset where, okay, they study more. We have all these great examples. They're, they're the best. And because we have that ideology, we're going to cast them. We're going to put them above an American. So it's unfortunate because, I mean, even with great programs like Yale, Yale Drama School is considered to be the best university conservatory program in the country by many. And even like a Yale student against like a David Tennant does not stand a chance. And that is unfortunate, but that's where we're at right now. That was a very long winded answer, but you guys get it. (laughs) Yeah, no, you make valid points on that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I 100% agree that it's really important to study the text and the more that you can pull from the text and the more detail you can pull from the text, the more truth you can ground your character in. So. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Nice. So final question. And we will let Skylar kick us off with the answer on this one. Um, what most excites you about the future of stage and film acting? Um, 
I'm honestly really thrilled by the advancement of technology like LED screens. And I think of how the Mandalorian and Jon Favreau have really revolutionized uh, film and TV with the volume, the volume set that they used. Uh, this is an example I remember kind of talking about while I was still in school where they have entire production companies now that have these giant LED screens that can recreate any type of terrain, any type of environment, and it feels like you're stepping into the world. So I think it it changes both, obviously, the realm of film, where you don't have to have blue screen anymore or green screen, and it changes theater because once you start implementing that technology into theater, set designers can go crazy because already in in theater, we've primarily used projections and there's been a lot of really cool sets. I think of um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen and kind of like their use of projections, but there's a lot of other examples. And I think set designers, instead of having to build and construct an entire house on stage with a giant LED screen in a theater, which is obviously going to be expensive, but I imagine costs will change over over time. You, You can create depth to it like 3D depth and you can create worlds where I think as actors, Christy, I'm sure would agree. It's so exciting because you can step into the world of your character and it's not a built set, but you're still in the world. And so I am excited to see that technology develop more for theater as it has for film. So it almost be like acting in a simulation. Yeah. Oh, huh. that's super cool. Someone and I makes mean, season I know- seven of Black Mirror. no and i mean you're even seeing that i know over covid um i I think it was the rsc the royal shakespeare company in london they were doing vr tours where you could put on vr goggles uh for a production of uh, a midsummer night's dream by shakespeare and you could like walk through the world of of i I believe it's like ancient greece with um you know uh with puck and stuff and kind of see all the fairies and and you're wearing a vr headset you're at home because obviously covid but you're able to experience this so with vr and that technology it's sky's the limit that's That's very cool yeah i I'm also very excited about the future with it. I think, um, like I said, I'd like to see the bridge more between film and stage. Um, I'm excited to see where stage goes specifically in uh, like devised theater and inclusive theater and interactive theater, you know, because post pandemic, if, you know, post pandemic, it's like, well, do you really want to be in an immersive environment next to people? Mm. I don't, I don't know. You know, do you want to still continue to do things like house plays or outside outdoor plays or things like that where it's in close proximity? So I think it'll be interesting to see how, how that's going to change things. Um, I don't know that. I think film is going to change in the, the way that Skylar was talking about as far as technology goes. Um, as far as like raw indie films, I'm scared we're getting away from those. So I'm hoping that we are, cause some of the films that went to cans this past week, you know, they're bigger films. Um, but the ones that did very well are the ones that nobody's heard of. So I'm hoping that we get some of the rawness back and it's not just all about the technology, although I'm all for all the technology, but it's a good to have a healthy mix. And Christy, just to branch off of that, because I'm wanting to know your thoughts on this, because I know there's also been talks of, and this is slightly off topic, um, but I know there have been talks of smaller indie films are being pulled from cinemas sooner, and some of them aren't even making it. 
uh, to cinemas. And, and if they are, there's like 20 theaters and maybe the entire country that might show it. Do you think that that's going to continue to go in that direction? And like, if so, like, how does that affect those actors? I do. I think indie films are going to continue to be pulled early. Um, it's, it was hard enough getting them into films, into theaters 10, 20 years ago. So now it's, you know, we're back to that again. Um, I think honestly, little films like that, the best thing is going to be submitting to streaming. You know, I know that like, yeah. that's not what everybody wants to do, but submitting to streaming actually gets your name out there and gets your uh, film out there so that people can see it. Absolutely. Actually, I love or that submitting idea. to film. Yeah. Or submitting to film festivals. Mm-hmm. I know there's a big push for some new ones branching off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually recently found out that there's a film festival here in South Carolina every year. Um, I thought that was surprising because I'm just like, South Carolina has nothing to do with film at all. So yeah, I I like that. idea, and especially the part about streaming because I feel like, and Skylar, we talked about this in the streaming wars with streaming becoming so big now, so many different streaming platforms. Everyone has at least one streaming service. You know, if you submit to the right one and you get it picked up, you have a pretty good chance of reaching a good, hundred thousand, maybe even a million people at minimum. True. Yeah. So final thoughts on the differences or just the aspects of stage acting and film acting. And we'll let you kick it off, Christy. Uh, Final thoughts. Uh, I think that, like I said, I think I'll be interested to see where everything goes. Um, I think that there will always be a form of elitist mm. um, as far as like thinking that stage acting is, is harder. And, but I really, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say it again. I think that's because there's just more education and knowledge on it than there is for film. Mm-hmm. Now I think, but I have been learning that there's a lot more books coming out mm-hmm. on film because 20 years ago, the only thing out was like acting for dummies, <laughs> you know, like how, what are you going to learn from that? You know? Right. And now there's so many more tools for actors in film. It's not just about perfecting the stage. So I like to see that they're both continuing to grow. I'm somebody who likes to have lots of options. So it's nice to see both options growing. Skyler. Yeah. Um, what I, what I will say is that I hope that everyone listening, no matter where you're at in the country or around the world, be awesome if we could find out if we have any international listeners yet, right? or maybe one day, um, is, is support your local theaters. I think that's so critically important because a lot of these actors that are doing community theater, regional theater, they are obviously hardworking actors that are trying to make a living. They're trying to become working actors. A lot of these actors have day jobs or they have multiple jobs just so that they could help support their art and their craft. And so what I will say is that if you love movies, if you love all of your streaming shows, if you have a local theater, um, I know there's always the talk of, well, certain theaters can charge quite a bit for ticket prices. And so that's a whole nother conversation on kind of the uh, inequity with theater and film in that regard. But I will say that if and when you can, go see a show, go see um, any type of play. If it interests you, if you can just read the description, the synopsis, go check it out. Um, I think it's so important for 
movie going audiences to also go see theater when and where they can uh, support those actors because you never know these actors might end up on a streaming show one day that you really like mm-hmm. or they might end up in a movie one day and i think that like that's where so many actors start is on their local community theater stage. Absolutely. So I think it is very important. And I, I would honestly say the same thing about if you have a local film festival to, to give it a, uh, a shout out, check it out. Um, a lot of the times there's, there's, you know, food and, and drinks and stuff, and there's like tickets that you can buy. Yep. So there's, I think both are worthwhile for theater and film. And what I also hope is that while many people view theater and and theater goers that are able to go to Broadway as kind of elitist. And there is certainly that mold and, and aspect of it. Um, I think there is something to gain from theater uh, just like there is for film. And I think you can love both equally. Um, and I hope, I hope that people will come to appreciate the actors that kind of put in that hard work for, for both. Nice. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it was my love for film that actually started making me more interested in going to uh, local theaters and learning more about stage. Um, and so I support both of your statements wholeheartedly and anyone listening, if you haven't done this already, go watch a play. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> and honestly, with summertime coming up, there's a lot of great outdoor theater. So if yeah. you want to be outside, enjoy Definitely. the weather check out local outdoor theater. Definitely. All right. So I finally got everything ready. Are we ready to jump in the movie tournament? Let's do it. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last week we did the quarterfinals for the West. And so this week, um, we are covering the results of the semifinals for the East region. And before I give the results, the matchups were the social network facing off against the Revenant. And then we had Interstellar versus Watchmen. Oof. So two, pre- two pretty heavy hitting uh, matchups. So the results are... We got the social network beating out the Revenant nine to four. Yes. And then Interstellar beating Watchmen eight to four. So, Christy, what are your thoughts on the winners of this week's uh, matchups? I have never been shy about saying how much I dislike the Revenant. (laughs) I'm so happy to see it gone because it just kept moving up in the tournament. And I was like, guys, do you not remember where he crawled into the bear? So, or the, yeah, horse. No, it was a bear. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, and then, uh, well, Interstellar, we talked about how beautiful it was as far Mm -hmm. as like the performances go. I mean, Watchmen's pretty good movie too. Like that—that that was a a good matchup in my opinion. It was. Skylar, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I know you're a huge Watchmen fan. 
I am a huge Watchmen fan. That's like cemented my my love for Zack Snyder's films um, and, and kind of a, a Snyder head without being the toxic Snyder head that we see on social media. Um, but no, I, I love that kind of both of these were kind of beaten pretty evenly, like nine right. to four, eight to four. Like we had one more person vote for the <laughs> they did for the other bracket, but it's fine. You know, maybe they didn't see it. I'm noticing a trend where a lot of people will vote even if they haven't seen um, all the movies. So they just vote for the one mm. they want, which I get. Mm. Um, the social network, I, I think that compared to Revenant, um, I love Aaron Sorkin as a screenwriter. I think he's probably one of the best in the game. So even though I'm not a huge Jesse Eisenberg fan, um, I, I loved the movie itself. Uh, just Andrew Garfield's character, Justin Timberlake in it. Um, it. It was a good cast. So definitely I would choose that over the Revenant, which is hard because Leo is one of my, my top actors. But for him to win the Oscar for that, and this is a whole other debate, I think he mm-hmm. should have won for many other movies, not this movie. But Agreed. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. And then that. Interstellar and Watchmen. It was tough. It was tough. But I think, once again, I try to look at the scope and the impact that the movies have had. Mm-hmm. As much as I thought The Watchmen was probably the most faithful graphic novel adaption that we've ever gotten to film, I definitely think that Interstellar has a better legacy. And I think mm-hmm. it it really shows off um, Chris Nolan's craft and his ability. And it made me really appreciate what Chris Nolan can do because obviously I love the dark Knight trilogy. I loved inception and I love that inception and interstellar were so inventive with their, uh, their sci-fi ideals. So absolutely loved every single bit of the performances from interstellar, especially Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. So loved it. And definitely go see Interstellar if you haven't, because the one person that voted for Social Network should probably see Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Uh, before we... What's next week? Uh, yes. I almost forgot about that. So next week, we got the <laughs> South region. Thank you for reminding me, Skylar. Uh, we got the semifinals for the South region. And this is going to be 22 Jump Street facing off against Whiplash. And then we have The Greatest Showman versus Step Brothers. Ooh. <laughs> so. Why is Step Brothers still- <laughs> <laughs> look, look, the crazy part about this, too, is that Step Brothers has been, like, destroying every match. It really has. Been in. No. And so has The Greatest Showman. So this is probably a really heavyweight fight coming up. It is. Oh. They've gonna be both good. been absolutely destroying every bracket they've both been in. I just like, Step Brothers kept popping up and I was like. <laughs> like the first matchup, now it was against Tooth, Tooth Fairy, but the first matchup with Step Brothers was 29 to 3. All right. Like that's how many people wanted to vote yeah. for Step Brothers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so. Um, you want a secret? I was one of the three for Tooth Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. <laughs> Controversial, but we like it. Right. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone. So, yes, definitely uh, vote as soon as this episode drops. You'll have until Friday uh, evening to vote for this semifinal matchup. Should be good. Yeah. Honestly, I expect Is it just one, one round? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah, we're doing one, uh, and that's a good good question. We're doing one semifinal matchup per week until we get to kind of like the the finals for each uh, region. Uh, so we just have these uh, four matchups, uh, or technically two matchups uh, for these four movies, uh, and excited to see what people vote. Yeah, twenty two Jump Street and Whiplash. <laughs> that should be an okay. interesting one. Uh, honestly, you would never hear those two movies at all on the same no. page. No. Ever. 
I honestly expect no. at least one of these matchups to come up with a tie. Let's see. J.K. Simmons versus Channing Tatum. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we end off the pod, though, uh, we did have a comment from the Mandalorian episode that we did uh, that I forgot to read off. But uh, Jeremiah left a comment. Uh, he was saying, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but y'all got to show R5 some love coming in clutch like his twin R2. <laughs> yeah. I mean, R5 was kind of the coward, though, right? Right. He didn't want to do nothing, so I don't know about that. He was reluctant, but you know, <laughs> I guess at the end it, it it counts. But you know, no, we we will show. This is a non droid hating podcast, so we will show love for R five <laughs> certainly a little bit. <laughs> um, and before we finish, though, uh, Christy, uh, do you want to tell the people one about any socials that they can follow you on so that they're keeping up with you? And if you have anything upcoming that you want the people to know about? Sure, sure. Um, let's see. My socials, my Instagram is at Christy.shoe. I believe that's also my Facebook. Um, and coming up, no, just kind of just doing the same old, same old. You know, like enjoying doing this and doing some uh, fringe and yeah, so it's been fun. But you've had a, a recent big move. So congratulations. I on did. That. I did. I'm ne- the new assistant education manager at the American Theater in Virginia. Exciting. Ooh, all the applause. Thank all you. The applause. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I start tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Awesome. Congratulations. That is huge. Thank you. Thank you awesome. very much. Yes. Well, we have thoroughly enjoyed having Christy on, as always. I have, too. Thank you so much for having me back. I, I have so much fun, always. Now, Christy, um, you are officially a friend of the show. And yes, A welcome guest. All it took was, was two times, but it, you cemented your legacy with the podcast. So <laughs> Excellent. We will have to have you back on again sometime soon. I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. All right. Thank you so much, Uh, Gary, my friend. It's been another great episode. As As always, always, everyone, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this has been the Nerds Inc. Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Hey, everyone. This is Skylar with the Nerds Inc. Podcast. Here to say... Thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question. Provide your thoughts on our discussions. And we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.